Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. I'd like to welcome you guys for another episode. Uh, we have something special today. Uh, normally, we would, you know, have some people in in house, and, and you know, every now and then we do call people on the phone. That's that's not outside the norm, but rarely do we have two people on the phone at the same time. So, uh, help me welcome. Uh, first off, we have uh, Slankston Hughes from. New Orleans, how you doing, bro? Is Slankston not here? Did he drop off? Yeah, I don't know. I thought he was still here. Yeah, I think he 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 may have dropped off. So hey, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> All good. We're gonna make so that voice that you're hearing is not Slankston. That's actually Shreve. Um, here we go. Here here's Slankston. He's calling back. Hold on. Slankston, we got you back, man. Yeah, man, I don't know what that. I was like, damn, why did it get so quiet all of a sudden? <laughs> and, and look, man, we had this big grand uh, introduction, man, and then I mentioned your name and you were oh. there. It was just like, what's going on? <laughs> no, <laughs> all good, man. But hey, man, welcome back. So that voice that you're hearing now is Slankston Hughes from New Orleans, man. How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm good. My my wonderful comedic timing at work. You gotta love it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, uh, like we was talking about offline, man. Uh, the fellas they're actually on tour right now, uh, and they're making their way to Atlanta. And I wanted very bad to see them perform live, but I'm going on vacation, which means that my phone is going on do not disturb, and no one can reach me unless it's like my mom calling, and you know, or my dad, and you know, other than that. Yeah, I'm I'm cutting off the phone, man. You know, but but they're out on the phone. Disconnect fire. sometimes. Yeah, you you have to, man. It's important to disconnect. We don't disconnect at all. We're always available to everybody. So yeah, you know, it, it's going to be very important for me to take some time off. But uh, both of them, they're out on the Fine Rhyme um, Pros Tour, and this is what the third date, third or fourth date coming to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Correct. Absolutely, man. So first off, I I want to start there because like. If you guys don't know, our podcast, we really uh, try to drive home and, and speak to the independent crowd. And a lot of artists tend to check in on, on our show as well. And they're just trying to figure out, you know, how to make it on this indie circuit. And, and you'll be surprised how many artists that don't realize that they can actually go and tour now. You know, a lot of them are waiting for a booking um, agent to call them and they don't realize that they can actually go out and book their own tour. So I, I kind of want to start right there with you guys, uh, considering that you're out on tour right now and you're making your way around. Um, you guys have been, what, it's, it's been a couple of a couple of cities so far. I think I saw what you were in. You started off in North Carolina. You went to South Carolina. Um, or no, no, you're, you're headed that way. Uh, you've been in Florida. You've been in New Orleans. So you guys have been around Memphis, Tennessee. You, you, you kind of moved around a little bit so far. So, um Let's start there with the tour, and, and I'll start with you, Slankson. So, uh, how what was that process for you guys actually getting together and saying that, hey, I want to go out on tour? I think it kind of started on a whim. Um, I feel over the past like year or so, for me as an artist, I've I've been willing to take more calculated risks and just not really attempt to put myself in a box as far as my creativity and my artistry at the end of the day. And uh, Shreve actually hit me up um, because I had brought him uh, to New Orleans last July, coincidentally enough. And he hit me up on Facebook back in January. It was like, yo, uh, I know it's early, but 
I'm attempted to, you know, come down there in June. Uh, will we be able to set something up? I was like, let's do a tour. He was like, let's do it. So here we are. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's dope. just that type of, you know, original organic process. Right. You know, right. Between, uh, you know, fellow artists at the end of the day. So, and I've just been trying to do a lot more of that over the past uh, several months, you know, more or less just attempting to tour every two to three months, even if it's like a three day run, a five day run, a week run, you know, because I'm currently working three day jobs at the same time that I'm touring as well as, you know, writing, recording, you know, curating shows and things like that. So right. I'm just trying to get it where I can. And yeah, it just it just popped off and happened real naturally. You know what I mean? That's dope. Now, Shreve, you're you're from uh, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Until I've heard your name, I've never heard of really a hip hop scene out of Asheville, North Carolina. So, for you, I, I just want to kind of get into that that part of it, uh, the influences and and being able to to really represent four city. And I could be wrong; I'm, I could be completely ignorant to uh, the city and, and the hip hop scene there. But you're honestly the first person that I heard from Asheville, North Carolina, rapping, man. So how how is the scene there? And, and if my initial thoughts were true. How does it feel to like really hold a torch uh, for your city? Uh, well, it definitely feels good. And I think there's, it's kind of one of those, it's definitely a smaller market. Um, it also it reminds me a little bit of, obviously it's not a small market, but Nashville is a music town okay. that, came around to rap at a certain point a few years ago, you know, and so I think some of the rappers in the town realized this is a music town. We have venues. The wheel already exists. We don't have to reinvent that. We just have to earn the keep of getting in those venues. And so Asheville's a little bit like that. Definitely a music town, um, but it's much more, you know, your your bands, your kind of, I don't know, they're, they're real comfortable booking a, a band, a jam band for a night, but to trust my DJ and us to have a whole hip hop lineup has been, has taken some earnings. So gotcha, um, they gotcha. had, they, there was a little bit of a history there of, of, of you know, uh, Granola Funk Express was somebody in the nineties and the two thousands that kind of held that torch. And they used to go to um, festivals and kind of play, they played more on the, uh, even their name kind of, it, it kind of salutes it. Like they're kind of like that hippie vibe, like well, you know, Granola Funk Express kind of is that kind of hippie rap type mm-hmm. jam band slash mesh type thing and we don't really do that we're straight you know I, a long time ago we used to have a drummer and we kind of did more of the band thing and at a certain point i was like you know what if they don't like rap uh they don't need to have us so we kinda, <laughs> right we just, we're, we're we're a straight run dmc show usually these days it's me and uh, mike live and, and our dj and so um we really kind of there's been some growing pains with that of course because at times i know venues almost use that as a as a proxy to to pretty much decide who they're gonna let in their doors it's an old hip-hop well that means this crowd this right. means this We've been trying to, I think Asheville has some of that, of kind of that older dogma. Um, every city has that, I think, towards hip-hop. It kind of gets looked at like a micro-genre where there's not right. a turnout. Or, so we deal with some of that, but probably at a different level than Atlanta's going to deal with it because, you know, obviously Atlanta's pretty used to hip-hop. Asheville's kind of, I don't know, it's not behind the times, but it can it can feel like hip-hop is at a different space of developing than it would be in a New Yorker. You know, I think a lot of the other cities that went through these growing pains a decade ago, and Asheville is still figuring out, you know, how do we, you know, is hip-hop a safe show, or these little questions they ask themselves. We have the venues, we just don't have the quite quite the history of hip-hop being in them as much. Gotcha. Now, now Slingston, um, I can't... I- you know, the elephant in the room here is your name, bro, like Slainston Hughes, okay? Uh, I was going to try to avoid it. And, you know, I don't want to be the interviewer <laughs> to ask these cliche questions, but, I mean, with a name like that, number one, super dope name. I'm just going to call it what it is. But, you know, listening to your music, to me, it feels, you know, it feels very authentic 
to the name. You know, uh, Langston Hughes being being someone that. I mean, he's made a name for himself, if, if I can be quite frank, right? But, you know, right. you, the, the flipping on the name and, and kind of giving it your own spin. Uh, first off, tell me, where, where did it really come from and the, um, the idea to say, like, hey, I want to kind of pay homage to uh, Langston Hughes with my name? Well, for me, the, the origins of the name more or less came from um, my decision to go solo. I was in a trio uh, straight out of high school and upwards into maybe my freshman or sophomore year in college. Um, and I was just kind of looking for a fresh new start. Uh, it was something where I wanted to have a name that was catchy so that, you know, it was appealing to the eye as well as the ear, but mm -hmm. it was also something that represented uh, the music and what I was attempting to deliver to audiences. So I wanted to kind of combine um, you know, something that was catchy and, and something that could be marketed well, but at the same time, something that was true to myself and true to what I wanted to be able to deliver to fans and listeners at the end of the day uh, within my music. So it kind of came about, this is, a, I guess, uh, a, a couple of years after the millennium, like 06, 07, something around that time period where uh, Sirius Jones was just starting to come on, you know what I mean? He was mm -hmm. uh, doing a lot of, like, MC battles, and his name was starting to uh, ring bells and get a little bit of buzz. And then I think about that same time, like, Ludacris Ron, uh started uh, messing with him and signed him to uh, DTP. And it was just, you know, that kind of play on words where Sirius Jones was similar to Curious George, which I think is where he got that name from. So I was like, okay, I need to do something similar in nature that, you know, like I said, is, is marketable, but at the same time is true to self. So that's kind of how we came up with Slanks and Hughes. Gotcha. Uh, Shreve, okay, mm -hmm. so I'm doing my research, and, and I'm seeing that, that not only are you a rapper, but, you, but you know, you are, you're a professor. You, I mean, you... Mm -hmm. You're an educator, you know what I mean? Department of Health yep. and, and, and Exercise Science, right? So, yep. I'm a, uh, which one came first? Was it was it the? Because I've been hearing a lot of, you know, it's no secret now. Like um, your Knife Wonders, that um, they even Bun B, like they're venturing off and and, and getting to education and, and being a lecturer and and talking to students using their their brand to not only. Um, you know, draw people in, but what once they have their attention, they're actually educating these these students, whether or not they're they're signing up for the class for a celebrity or not. They're they're actually in a position to educate. So for you, which one came first? Was it the rap uh, first, or was it you know education and, and becoming a professor at uh, Appalachian uh, State? Well, it's kind of it's kind of a um, history of the name type thing. I guess I was a teacher first. Mm -hmm. uh, I taught some during grad school and got my first teaching experience. But then as far as um, actually deciding, like, you know, a rap brand, that type of thing, figure out a solo name to get behind, um, the, prof the professor was kind of, I guess I was a teacher first, and it was kind of a management company I was kind of messing with. And they were like, oh, you really teach too? Right. Oh, you're the professor. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he just said it. And I was like, oh. And um, and there, his reference was kind of part of the reference I have for it more is actually um, like if you remember and one streetball mm -hmm. um, back when hot sauce was on there they right, had you right, know, right. one season where the professor was on there and that's oh, kind of yeah. back when I was an athlete and people kind of you know he was a white point guard I'm a white rapper so they were like oh he's a professor and then uh. I really was a teacher and it kind of made sense and at first I didn't like it because I was like that's 
that's not young and hip. The professor isn't like something people are going to want to be behind a hot single of or that type of thing. Right, right. But then as I real as I thought about it, I was like, that's kind of I think almost like a Slankston Hughes type name. If you pick your right name, you don't want it to be you know young hot stuff or whatever. Something yeah, yeah. Instantly, <laughs> instantly ages. Like I feel like Slankston Hughes. You, you know, he could be sixty doing at a different you know at like a poetry jam and people are going to respect the name. Right. And I think a professor is a name you're not going to. It's not a little that you are young you're going to grow out of. I'm, I could be 75, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I want Jay to keep rapping forever so all of us kind of have a new bar set. But, like, you know, if I'm older, the professor name will actually work pretty well. So I kind of embraced it and realized that's kind of a cool angle. And then you kind of grow into your name. I realized, like, my style, when I freestyle or when I write or whatever I do, if I'm doing my best, kind of my, hitting what my, my shit, it, it ends up being kind of professing, speaking, right. like, your truth. Which, you know, not like just teaching, but really, like if, if Shakespeare is going to say what professing love means, he's like talking that, you know, he's really speaking from his, you know, his real core. And so when I really get into doing my thing, I think I kind of, it's bigger than, you know, just the teaching in class. I'm trying to really profess whatever that is. Um, so I kind of grew into the name. It kind of, at first I was like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it has a bunch of layers to it. It's, it's but I am, yeah, I do really teach in a class. So people are always like, Oh, he's a real professor. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something though, Shreve, um, about growing into your name and, and being able to do this. You, you, you specifically said 75, right? And so to me, I absolutely love the fact that you're thinking that way. Right. Because I, I don't know if this thing, maybe it's because hip hop is just, you know, still growing and, and we're still relatively young compared to the other genres of right. music. But, you know, when you think about it, Jay-Z is closing in on 50. You right. know, like, I mean, he he Dr. Dre is over 50. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where, hey, we're, we're at the we're at the front door. Like we're knocking on the door like you're going to have a 60 year old rapper that's still for sure relevant. Right. And right. Right now, of course, the, the the names that we can say we can say Jay Z because he's still professionally doing it, whether or not he's releasing albums at a quicker pace, um, you know, the one a year like he used to do. But you have Jay Z, and you have like the, the Rosses that that are starting to get up there in age. You even have Eminem, Nas, you know. So you have these rappers that are doing it. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. we also have like, you know, you have the Rakims, you you have. Um, you know, some of the older Chuck the, D's out there with Chuck, Chuck D, D out there with right? The squad, yeah, they, right. They had the squad out there. They're out there, but he, he, here's the thing, though, right? That I, I try to, I have a hard time trying to find the balance. Is because like artists like Chuck D, they they are out here, and KRS One, they are out here touring, but commercial wise, we don't know it. You know, the average person right. couldn't tell you. Um, when the last time KRS was performing, even though he's been overseas and, you know, he's performing everywhere. But from a commercial standpoint, I think it's going to take a Jay-Z, an Eminem to to really show people like, hey, I can really rap well at 50. (laughs) You know, like you said, relevancy, relevancy. Right, right. Doing tours does does make you relevant. And KRS will always be relevant from a certain angle. But I think for your for your little Uzi Vert crowd who's like, oh, that old dude who lectures, like, goes and teaches about the, the, the core of hip-hop, but they need to know that not only does he bear that flag, but after you watch him teach on it for a half hour, he bodies you not just with the bridges over, but with some some new stuff because of that relevance. Right. You know, it's, it's that what's happening now, who's popping now, who's, you know, can you freestyle over mask off? Like, you have to kind of always show that I'm in touch. I, I've got the knowledge. It's, it's both. you got to be the torchbearer plus 
like bear that you have to, you know, kind of uh, light the path and boost the new path. So it's, you know, I, that's why I think that's why we're, I, I know for me and most rappers I know, you're kind of rooting for Jay. We want Jay to like do big tours till he's 65. Right, I mean, right. The whole next generation can really. And, you know, he's, he's marking that path. That, there you go. Absolutely. Now, now, Slingston, um, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that, that you run a, a show yourself uh, and, and it's a monthly mm-hmm. show showcase. Um, right. And what what is it? Is it? Is it um, uniquity? Uniquity. Uniquity. Yeah. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. now I I know I know this, and maybe you can expound on it a little bit more. But one thing that I know if if you are an artist in a city, and especially a city that people want to come to, like New Orleans is a city that people want to come and perform. Listen, it is what right. it is, right? But when you have oh, yeah. your own showcase, you have leverage, right? And that leverage means. Oh that yeah, you, 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 there you go. Oh yeah, you know you can. I mean, you there's can invite a, people a lot in. of leverage, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of leverage uh, when when you have that. I mean, it just kind of it, it creates avenues and, and platforms for you at the end of the day as an artist. You know, I mean, anytime that you know, say for instance, um, I think maybe like the first time that I met Shree was when I was um, on tour throughout uh, the North Carolina area. And just being, I think being able to have conversations with like-minded artists, regardless of where you are, regardless if it's in the region, within the nation or the world for that matter, internationally speaking, when you can say, okay, I would like to come here and I have X, Y, and Z available at my home base. You know what I mean? When you're able to do that, I think it, it gives you a lot more leverage because you're able to say, you're able to come with something to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, from a music industry perspective, there's a lot of conversations and discussions now um, as far as not needing a label, you know, and not necessarily needing an A&R. And when you get to that point, like when you're able to show YouTube views, when you're able to show uh, attendance that shows, you know, merch sales and things of that nature, when you're able to come to a table with something ahead of time, to an exact, then you have more leverage. So it's kind of the same situation at the end of the day, you know, when you're able to work with other indie artists or um, just different organizations and that nature that you want to be able to bring your product and your music to them and to, you know, wherever they are and being able to uh, have something already planned in the pocket if they if they want to be able to do the same thing. Right, right. Absolutely. And you, and you had mentioned um, the kind of, you think the first question I was kind of talking with about kind of indie hustle and making our own way. When I first met Slankston, he was, I think, doing a North Carolina run. I mean, he's in my state. Mm-hmm. I just saw, like, what's this cat from New Orleans doing, like, five North Carolina dates for and I kind of realized, you know, as you're saying, you know, an indie artist needs to realize we don't need a booking agent. We need to make connections, realize who does that, who has that trade. Um, we, we, all the rappers get hit up with, you know, hey, let me get us, let me get this, let's, let's collab, let's do some music. If you can hit me with, hey, I want to get on a track with you, here's a half a track. Like you've already done a hook on, you already half made a track. You're meeting me in the middle. You're not just getting on my track. Um, the same thing goes with shows. I want to get a show in New Orleans. I can provide you this platform in Asheville, and that that's going to make every relationship go so much faster. And what people like Plankston and uh, Cesar and many other people realize is, if you can make like ten connects, that's ten. That's a ten day tour, and then it can be that same tour or a similar tour the next season or, or a different season. And and then the blogs are the same way. Everything is the same way. If you kind of bring something to the table, I'm not asking you for a favor for interview. I have a song. Would you like to debut it? Like you bring something to the table. 
Uh, I think that's the big thing a lot of indie rappers who are successful have realized. You really hit the nail on the head with that, you know, and, and it's one thing that <laughs> when you just said it too, just like, hey, if you got 10 people in 10 different cities, <laughs> you got a 10 day run, man. And, you know, right. it, it takes thinking outside the box like that to really understand how this game goes. Because, you know, as an indie artist, a lot of times you, you, you can't help but to look at, you know, the people that are already doing it. And, and most of the time you're going to look at the major artists and you're seeing the places and you're seeing the venues. And the harsh reality is starting off, your tour is not going to look like that. You're probably going to be playing some clubs that have, you know, about 50 to 100 people in it. And that's cool. Yep. And that's absolutely cool. That's a chance to get 50 to 100 fans every city. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so you, you just have to really learn how to, to, to navigate through that during that time. Um, Slankston. So I wanted to ask you about, I see that you have, uh, you're releasing an EP, Five Finger Discount, right? This Is, is it yes, out sir. yet or is it is coming this summer? Yeah, it's coming this summer. We actually just got the studio uh, about two weeks ago to start kind of, uh, putting the finishing touches on it. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely coming. So the name Five Finger Discount, right? So I, I'm just going to give you my interpretation, and then you can tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong and if, if I'm, I'm close or if I'm far off, right? So Five Finger Discount, in my terminology, that's, you know, that's that's slang for, we're going we're gonna to use your name, see what I did there. That's slang for, you know, <laughs> taking or stealing, right? So right, right, definitely. I want to know how do you incorporate five finger discount into Slingston Hughes? Like, what does that mean from your point of view? I think for me, it you know the the name five finger discount kind of started because it was something creatively that I wanted to do where it was almost a series. Like I, I intended to work with a couple of different producers in the city where you know I was doing a series of various uh, five finger discount EPs where it was me specifically working with one producer at a time and trying to craft you know a project at the end of the day. And that's what we've been able to do with this one, where it's five tracks by uh, one local producer by the name of Prospect. Um, for me, the name or, or that, that, that slang more or less of five finger discount is more about, it, it is about procuring as I like to call it, uh, instead of stealing more or less. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I always say that. It's like, you know, when, when I see cats like, you know, quote unquote loot or steal, it's like, oh man, they're just procuring, you know, what they need. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, but, um, oh, man, I, I think for me, <laughs> I think for me, five finger discount is more or less more something along the lines of claiming what's already yours and just kind mm. of seeing it through at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I, I think it's something where if you visualize uh, a specific goal or you have a, a specific in, intention, then, you know, once you take it from the mental and, and transform it to the physical. So I think that's more or less what, what I'm kind of uh, describing in addition to, you know, the, the blatant contextual term terminology or phrasing of it, taking it a, a little bit step further. But I mean, the EP is going to have like a couple of things in it that lend itself to, you know, the procurement and things of that nature. But yeah, it's, it's definitely like taking it a little step further and moving from the mental to the physical. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's what I, I, I was just wondering, man. I, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> forever. Now, you know, when I hear five finger discount, I'm, I'm going to completely think of it. What, what was your terminology again? <laughs> Procuring. <laughs> Procuring. That's it right there. <laughs> oh, man. That is classic. I could just see somebody telling the cop that now, man. Look, I was not stealing. I was just procuring my son, uh, a few right, assets. You could procure that I... a sandwich, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I had to procure this forty, yo. Like, oh, yeah, I, man. you know, my thirst is to deserve such. Oh, that is yeah. that is classic, bro. That is that is classic for real. <laughs> so, Sharif, uh, I, I do want to talk briefly, man, about um, FTO and free, free the Optimist, and you know the, the collective that that you're doing there, and, and along with um, you guys are award-winning musicians, man. That's yeah, dope. We've, uh, We've done pretty well. We've uh, we've kind of it's it, it's funny because it's kind of like the growing your name thing. It's funny because it's really more of a collective, more of you know the Wu Tang model, the Odd Future model, um, you know, more or less supporting each other as a unit. But yet we're also all individuals, you know, that type right. of thing. So um, it's always been that model. But as we you know, it kind of ended up becoming more often than not me and my. Um, and Mike Live, who's another MC, and then DJ Jet, our DJ, we kind of we were the ones that are always there at the show. And so a lot of people over the last two, three years know FTO as us three. They know kind of, and there's some other, we're the most active three. We have some other folks who are kind of more behind the scenes, some producers, some other artists, but we're the three who tend to be at the shows and out there. And then as we had better and better chemistry, and it kind of became that we had the Run DMC look was really good for us. Um, we kind of found that chemistry, and then yeah, we I think in 2015 we won Carolina Music Awards uh, Hip Hop Group of the Year, and the same the next year we're up for it again. And it's funny we don't necessarily originally look at ourselves as a group; we're kind of a more coll- the collective. Collective, idea. right, right. Mike Lott, yeah, Mike Lott's a solo artist. I'm a solo artist. We've learned to work together, but we're not technically a duo that writes music in the studio together. Basically, I make a track, Live makes a track, and then we learn each other's tracks, and we can. When you watch it, it looks like we're, we're kind of like we might have co-written it because we punch in a good, you know, we kind of go back and forth off each other um, and try to do a lot of that. But we didn't write it the way the Beastie Boys or somebody who really wrote in and out go. We just kind of have learned each other's stuff. So it's funny because we've almost had growing pains of, man, we should get in the studio and make this group album or, or make much more interactive stuff. And it's tricky because that's not really our history. Our history is like I, I write songs really well in my own space, as is he. And so we've co-written some songs together lately, and we've been kind of working through those growing pains of trying to become essentially more of a group, whereas we really weren't that as much in, in the beginning. We can, we function very well as a group on stage, but it's kind of um, we're still feeling out what that means. So it's um, it, it's, it's interesting. We're, we kind of we had a group project that is still not released. We released some tracks from it, but we were calling it FTO Live because people kind of had known our live show, and then his name's Live, and it was like going to be the first album kind of feature a Mike. Um, and we recorded it, but then we were a little unsatisfied. We may still release it, but it's not. It didn't feel quite like we were still finding that balance. Um, so we're probably going to release it at some point. But I know Live has a solo album he's going to release. I have the same, and so I think we're still going to try to kind of navigate it, like where we're a collective. But you know, with those awards, we kind of need to show up and all three of us be on stage and rip it down at certain places. But. Um, like live is expanding and, and doing some stuff with a band himself. Um, and then we're always working with other people. So um, it's kind of, it's interesting to see how it's grown and kind of, it's kind of like the name thing. You kind of grow into your name and then you have to, you know, you don't want to be a, have your name be a box that you have right, to always right, show right. up like this. So it's, it's kind of both. So we're, we're feeling that out, but yeah, we're up for, um, we're up for, maybe, we might be the three, t- three time in a row group of the year, but um, yeah, we got back to back and we're hoping to, you know, but it's funny. How it's an award, so it's like it's interesting. Awards kind of like oh, validation, but it's just like if your song goes out and it gets on Hip Hop DX or some big site, it's like that it doesn't necessarily. It's dope before that. You know, it doesn't. You right, don't have right. to have the validation to, to be like oh, you're dope now. So we're trying to realize that that you know whether we get that award or not, you know, we kind of set our own path. That's that whole indie mindset that you don't need that validation. You don't need that. You're going to do you no matter what, whether that 
that venue books if it's your thing or not. You can go, you can, you know, you're, you have other resources so you can find, make another way if you have to. So it's been interesting. Absolutely. So look, I got uh, two two questions, and I want both of you guys to answer both of them, right? So uh, the first question, what inspires you? And Slainston, you can take that one. I'm sorry, what is what again? What it, what inspires you? Oh, what inspires me? What inspires me, man? Uh, I mean, for me, living in New Orleans uh, is a unique city like no other. Um, I, I think anytime I, I have the opportunity to just take a walk um, down the street and, and be able to meet different people, whether it be tourists or, you know, members of the community, uh, you know, the gravel streets, uh, the jazz bands um, in the French Quarter on Royal Street, um, you know, just in my local hip hop community. Um, there's so much inspiration in this city um, that I draw inspiration from, you know, when it comes to, uh, being able to put songs together. In addition to definitely, like, I, I think my main source of inspiration besides the city and the culture, you know, that I grew up on and have lived uh, for these past couple of years is definitely, like, you know, um, my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. I was, you know, raised um, by three beautiful, strong black women at the end of the day that, you know, have kind of instilled the, the, the right um, processes and, and the, the right skills and just the right mindset at the end of the day. So, I mean, I, I definitely do it for them. Like, they're the foundation of that inspiration, and I, I take a lot of inspiration from the city. So, Gotcha. Shreve, same question. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of two of his themes in a different way. I think those are those are about as inspirational as it gets. Um, so, for me, where I'm at, um, it's I would say the culture is equally inspiring to me, but for me, being in Living in you know a rural part of America in probably the point the you know very lacking in diversity part of America. I'm in a college town, but even that it's still um, it's still not doesn't it doesn't have the cultural representation that's really in you know in America. And so for me, it's it's part of that inspiration is going to see New Orleans, going to realizing there's all the things that are lacking where I live. There is this bigger culture that we get, you know, I guess in the beginning of the '80s we first saw rap videos like, oh man, kids just saw this window in this world. Well. I've seen that window to the internet. I know it's out there, so I can go tour it to, and go see the, go feel that that feeling of New Orleans, or again of being inspired um, by the people around you, the, the way that you can touch somebody and that you can kind of take, you know, something that your mom taught you. I was also raised by my mom, by my mom, and so we end up in that place where you can, um, you know, you almost you, you can see how affected you are by those lessons they taught you, and then you want to take those to the world and, to, and, and see how you kind of flip the lesson or, or, or make it a little more appropriate for, um, you know, your, the way that you know, it means more to you or the, you know, the way that you, the people you're looking at, how you can help them interpret it. Um, so I think it's the people and the places and, and kind of, um, I don't know, I think every day we see the, the garbage on the news and the way that, uh, you know, that the media kind of plays, just plays us all and make, wants us to be fired up about this thing that happened or, you know, upset about something that is just arbitrary. And when there's some very real things to be upset about constantly in America. And so I just feel like hip hop culture and just the, the, the larger web of things contangled with that end up being one of the most real, just honest looks at America that, you know, the media can't handle when, when Kendrick says, you know, um, when he says, you know, and it's all right, they, they pick up the one line where it's all right and the rest of it's all good except for the one line <laughs> right. know, um, about, about police. They pick out that one line right, and right. think the whole song is no longer valuable. 
And, um, and that's just, that's preposterous. And so I think when we're out on the road and we have these conversations and we talk to other MCs or we, or we have that good set that you just know you connected with those 20 people out of 50 and you know, they got it and five of them took the album home, you know, that you're doing your job and waving that flag of knowledge or of whatever you're out there trying to really instill in your audience. Um, I, know, I think the two things Slanks has said are, are, are absolutely it. But I think I, the, the culture that we get to New Orleans and to Atlanta and very, very many places, I, I see from the outside and I want to go feel. And so that's what drives me to want to continue to do these tours or to have get your music out there because there's more ears than just on your in your city. Um, so I think it's the people and the places and kind of just that, that can, is continuously inspiring for that journey to go, you know, make new things and go to places. All right, that's super dope. Last question, man. Your earliest memory of hip hop? Oh, I got one. <laughs> I, I got one. I, I got one for you. I got a good one for you. Um, so when I was like five, I had um, I had some older friends. Again, I was living kind of in a place in rural America where rap would it would take some effort for rap to end up at this place. It's like '86. I'm five years old. And um, I had a couple older friends who just happened to have some tapes. And this is like my first exposure to like a mixtape. And I didn't know who it was at the time. I had no idea who I was listening to. Uh, I just liked it. And um, I had to do some research, go back like five, ten years later, and I had to ask my friend, like, who are we listening to? And he couldn't remember, but I remembered that my friend's name was Eric, and his last name started with a B. And he had bought an Eric B. and Rakim tape just because mm. his name was Eric B. That's the <laughs> only reason he bought it. Right. It's the only reason it had his name on it. And I realized, like, so I, I, I had been kind of brainwashed by Rakim at an early age. I didn't know it was Rakim. I just knew there's a dude who just, I like this. And then we ended up moving away, and I didn't have older friends who could put me on this music. And there was like a four or five-year gap where I didn't know what it was or <laughs> what that real was that I had been put on to. There right. was, I had these younger friends listen to the garbage that was being fed to, you know, I'm seven, eight years old and like whatever crap is on. Um, and I'm like, man, what was that one music? And it took, it was like a five year gap where I came back around and I think a friend in like, you know, he gave me like a mixtape that had ghetto boys and Tupac and, and like, I got back into some real, but there was a gap where I was like, man, I touched the real, what was that real? <laughs> I had, it was years later that I realized it was Rakim. Rakim, just basically spoiled me and, and him and Slick Rick and I couldn't I couldn't go and listen to you know something that wasn't on that caliber until right. I kind of got put back into the loop but um, that was one of mine that kind of I don't know it all I've realized that's kind of affected me ever since was you kind of get used to one of the goats and you can't get ready right 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 <laughs> what about you now hold on what, what do you got what oh, earliest memory of hip hop think hard now. Man, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad uh, Shreve went first because he definitely uh, got my brain working. Right, um, right. <laughs> probably for me, it was about the same time, around four or five years old. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it in retrospect, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, we all kind of start with that, that history, uh, regardless of how good or how bad or, or whack it might be. I already know what you're about um, to I say. Can remember, <laughs> <laughs> I can remember being in like preschool. Uh, it was like a commencement ceremony, so they had us wearing like all white with the new bucks, mm-hmm. new bucks shoes and stuff, and little white shorts. I'm out here looking like Frankie Beverly and May. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, what I mean, like there was a a circle that somehow got got started, and I was like a big MC Hammer fan at the time. Yeah. So, you know, like Hammer on Hurdle was like playing. You know, I had the cassette tape and everything, so I was like a huge Hammer fan. And somehow, like I guess the DJ put on the tape or got some music spinning. You know, we started all dancing and stuff, and I can specifically remember 
there's a picture of me like with the white button down tee and then like the white shorts and the white uh white socks and new buck shoes and I'm just hitting the ham in the middle of the circle. You know, oh, man. just going Classic. in. Oh, that's probably like my earliest memory of hip hop for sure. Like MC Hammer, this is like nineteen. It's gotta be like eighty it's either eighty nine or ninety for sure. And I'm just I'm just giving it all my worth, you know what I mean? hundred percent in the circle. So yeah, that's 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 well, fine, right? It's funny it's funny people, you know, even well, our generation like, Oh, it's hammer and then like younger generation like, Oh, you're dancing but like that's the epitome of hip hop is like you feel the music so much oh, yeah. your body expresses like it's so funny I just disconnect of some of the pillars of hip hop you'll see people be like oh like at a show even you'll see people not want to dance or just want to kind of give their their tough guy pose and watch the rappers and it's like yo this is all based on free expression not not like feel upset about what people are gonna think of you looking this way so I don't know dance is a funny thing uh, my mom was a dancer and always kind of raised me on like you know be feel comfortable with movement and like that's the best way to express music is to let it fill your body you know fill your body up so it's interesting how I don't know I, I like things like that when you know dance things are a good thing but they could kind of uh, brand the you know oh you're dancing okay <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. But look, fellas, I appreciate you guys for calling in, man. Like I said, I, I really wanted to do this in person, but hey, I'm going on vacation, man. And um, me, me and the wife need we need us a little vacation. I'm getting ready to hit the road Absolutely. right after uh, vacation, so this is like a little, you know, a little like this is a little me and you time before I'm I'm, I'm going for a little while. So uh, yeah, man, I definitely appreciate you guys for calling in though, and, and good luck on the rest of the tour. I know you guys are gonna rock out. And um, I'm sure I'll be able to hear about how you guys uh, enjoyed Atlanta. I definitely want to hear about the experience when you guys was down here, man. But um, tell the people, how can they connect with you via social media, all of that? How can they pick up the albums, all the past catalog and everything that's coming up? Get them slicing. Uh, I mean, for me, you can definitely, you know, reach me at uh, everything is linkable at Now, So, you know, be on okay, now i'm gonna have to ask you to say that again because for some reason your phone i couldn't hear nothing you just said bro <laughs> oh no no it's yeah. all good no nah, i mean you can you can catch any uh previous releases from the discography you know what i mean any videos any local happenings any catch me wherever i'm at is uh, at Pookie Malibu, uh, and that's P-O-O-K-E-Y Malibu. Gotcha. And you, Shreve? Yeah, you could find, uh, as Slankston knows, you have to be pretty adept at the online world, so yeah, if you find that, you're going to find all his. Find, look look up mine at C. Shreve, um, S-E-E, like come see me, and then spell Shreve like if you were in Shreveport, Louisiana, but not many people outside of Louisiana know that, so it's S-H-R-E-V-E. Um, yeah, if you just look up C.Shreve, you can find anything on YouTube, or and you'll, you'll find your way to music. Uh, our music hub site is F-T-O-Life.com. That's the free, the optimist site, so F-T-O-Life.com. Uh, all music's free and easily findable, so. For sure, man. Well, look, like I always say, man, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. I'm Last Name Good. That is straight out the damn podcast. See you guys again. Yo, what's good, people? It's the homie, DJ Fire Me Up, and you just entered the Fire Me Up 5. 
Find me your five a number five tracks that I've been listening to all week. Probably on SoundCloud, somewhere Facebook. Somebody probably sent me, man. So I just been grooving to it all week, man. So I hope you enjoy it too. Alright, I'm gone. Hey, find me up. Can you please give these people what they came for? Son, where'd you find this? You in the mix with DJ Five Me Up? Hey, keep one roll, fool. Hey, DJ, Five Me Up.
Now tell me what the world mean to you More money, more problems I see But fuck it, I've been waiting all year for this shit Then graduated from them light beers of misfit I've been pushing packages just to pay for adjectives In Atlanta, hit the road, do a show Crown up a Tropicana, we just tryna live free, my G Ay. Raised in the era of the new school Past the future prophecies all on the YouTube Kill a nigga, be a hero in the land of the free The opportunity is too cool, ain't it? Sheesh All I ever wanted was a hundred million dollars And a bad bitch in a tub, pearl and swishers Now I feel like 96, Master P Pull up in a tank, Cartier frames in a rental Type of shit to make a nigga wanna kill you Face along a t-shirt, now you familiar Summer days, late nights in them streets Fiends looking like an extra out of thriller Ain't never seen a nigga go pro on my hood The city turned into a two or six away And on a digi scale and we good That was old seven shit, that my beach would Now I'm out of town, sipping brown with my nigga brown This little bitty heard the feature, wanna dig around I put a ass on a zany, then I kick it out Post around the way, tryna get them digits out Run it up, only thing we ever been about Zenna got me back on my bullshit Niggas turn, bitch, I think we call that Bruce Jenner 91 till, I'll be gone until November Ay. Searching for a way out this way Y'all too caught up in the moment Ain't it funny how they love it when you're down Such a shame Y'all too caught up in the moment Y'all too caught up in the moment Y'all too caught up in the moment I can't go on like this no more I just wanna be free You don't even care And they made it very blatant Random was playing tonight They couldn't stay patient It was more than evident I received no payment I can't be proud To hear that sound All the Mega Man fans And they weren't my crowd I was so astounded To hear they didn't want no more But when Random left the stage They yelled encore Now I should be ashamed Need to step up my game I'm in my hometown And they don't even know my name It's crazy though Cause on the radio There was this lady yo And she promote the show But it was Swayze though Cause Epic One could flow Until Mega Ram came through And he stole the show Even writing this song His verse was minute made But I wanted this collab To blow up like grenades At the end of the night I couldn't even get laid Went to all this trouble When Random got paid Try to push my album But they said no way That's okay Random got paid Did it sound an autograph To a fan all day But that's okay That's right Random got Fights paid Fights on the lawn With a whack DJ But that's okay Random got paid Turned down by a cat girl So I won't get laid 
but that's okay. Bring a beat. The basic basis when we step up to the stages. They cycle the microphone to any and all ages. For poor execution, promotion, and confusion. We're ruin any way to get paid for what my suit's doing. Put out the pasture, a crowd that never gathers. Dropping punchlines, but not a cackle of laughter. And after some rave DJ wants to kick up some dirt. With spins, Lincoln Park, track while wearing a pink shirt. It don't hurt, I'm alright. Best turnout of the night. Captain Dan was a man, but only played the five bands. God damn, what a sham. Like an evil plan, no wonder that I'll never be an anime fan. Can't stand when a plan hands us a raw deal. This is the real reason some ninjas gotta steal. But at least Mega Ran got the final say. That's right, one and only brand dumb got paid. Try to push my album, but they said no way. That's okay. Random got paid. Did it sign an autograph to a fan all day? But that's okay. That's right. Random got paid. Fights on the lawn with a wet DJ. But that's okay. Random got paid. Turned down by a cat girl so I won't get laid. But that's okay. Ran got paid. Yo, I got to the show in time for sound check. Looking for my contact. She ain't around yet. We usually don't set up till we get that cash. But I got half up front. So even if it goes bad, it's all Travian. Cause I'm in a new place and every day begins with me in a new face. Maybe a longtime fan who played my jams. Wanna shake my hand. Told a friend about Ran. And I appreciate that. Then my contact telling me we gotta push the set back. A couple minutes, I'm down, man. But I ain't trying to spit to my team, bartender, and sound, man. Long story short, I perform, get it warm, leave the crowd in shock like electrical storms. But most of the folks jet it before I rap. Kinda wish that I was back to being open and act. Or maybe if I was bigger, the fans would've stayed. Could've hollered at the chick in the front with the braids. I could go on all night about what I could've changed. But the good news is, at least Rand got paid. Try to push my album, but they said no way. That's okay. But Random got paid. Didn't sign an autograph to a fan all day, but that's okay. That's right. Random got paid. Fights on the lawn with a wet DJ, but that's okay. Random got paid. Turned down by a cat girl so I won't get laid, but that's okay. Random got paid. Random got paid. I said random got paid. Random got paid. That's right. Random got paid. Oh, yeah. This your boy Truth Hayes. And y'all rocking with my motherfucking DJ. Hey, Fi, they know what we doing. They fire me up in this bitch, man. Yo. As a tongue work my midsection Take another puff and her throat showers my erection Peep how the weed make her do up Nigga from the who what Hormones in her just blew up Pass it to my dog as I roll another vent When she say she want a mouthful of hogs while she sucking Her ain't cuffing but this blood I'm tucking Like I'm up to something Don't worry about her name cause that ain't for discussion The way she licking on the player's balls is disgusting But I do love it cause it go great with the puffin She back around my way now I'm squeezing on that muffin Every now and then I might hustle her just to get my sack up She say she need to call another friend cause she need back up Sing. 
pocket full of mean Joe Green. The essence of his presence takes me to another sector, close to my protector. But the police, they can't stop my session. I'm DWI. Date with some influence, peer pressure, president, or only in your residence. You smell it soon as I walk in any room prevalent. Marijuana badge, I'm tagged. Roll another bag, let me take first drag. Hold up, hold on, stuff mowing the bone. You can't go wrong when you're smoking. Unless a man talking too much and he ain't putting nothing. Environmentalism, my support. Pleasant trees by the back porch. Two green thumbs up a cause. More green in my system than a golf course. Don't step in my yard, I'm harvesting the mar. Hang them up, let them drip dry. Yes, I'm marijuana shouted. This is evident, I am evident. So it ain't no getting rid of me. Blue Lala, with Nana. Go, oh, hey, hey, goodbye. Me like a branch, like hit it like a limb. No shade, straight haze. I blaze, sitting vapor to the sun rays. What a good day! I have blowing on a hair, Ryan Cleveland there. Don't laugh when I look kind of retarded on a Marley. I'm a smart regardless. What you say? I don't pass my hate. Stingy with the weed thing, whole blunts get me frisky. Don't tease me when you say you got a blunt and it's a fat rope. I smoke, so I won't have to get at your throat. This is no addiction, just a prescription without the pill of liquid. Two for five, guaranteed I get sick. Lean and left, smoke by myself, do it for my health. When I blow a split, feel like that more gosh, does yep. When I'm, I feel like I could piss on the pill of Hey, DJ, buy me up. <laughs> I was about to get some water. It's okay. What's in the spot? And they mad. Got them talking, I'm like shitting, I just laugh. Y'all can have that. Cause I'm too glad. What's in the spot? And they mad. Got them talking, I'm like shitting, I just laugh. Y'all can have that. Cause I'm too glad. Got a lot of cash, cash, I can't. Cash, cash, I can't fast. Walks in the spot. 
no, 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 no. Oh my god. The Straight Out the Damn Podcast is powered by the Indie Creative Network.